do that. Let's do that. Hello and welcome back to Superhero Fatigue. I'm Ren Malone, joined by my co-hosts. Jacob Helker. Christian Cook. And today we're here to talk about Wonder Woman from 1977. Four. Holy Christ. Oh my gosh. I keep getting it confused with our next movie. Uh, yes, 1974. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> Did you change it? Like in well, the... In your... Yeah, I changed it in my notes. I just... <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. Wonder Woman from 1974, just in case you weren't tired of flying donkeys. Well, flying burros. Yes. Arriba, arriba. Si. Si. Sorry. I'm actually Hispanic, so I can make that joke. Christian is not and cannot. I know Hispanic I people, said though. I said a few times. <laughs> but I, I think I there's a difference between to... C and arriba, arriba. Hey, <laughs> I know Hispanic people. There's this guy, Jake, I hang out with. He's it's all right. True. I hang out with him too. But you're not friends, though. I no. don't think. No, I hate that guy. Anyway, let's anyway. dive right into this movie before we drag out our runtime to double like to we did last three time. Three hours. <laughs> uh, let's see. The movie starts off with porn music from Warner. As soon as that Warner logo comes up, it's just nothing but. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was oh, like oh, watching oh, the beginning of Superbad. <laughs> it was just, and it, it had really, like that's yeah. what it was. It, sounds it even exactly had the silhouettes like in it and stuff. Uh, it starts in Rio de Janeiro, so everybody it watching does. this movie knows they're about to get some busty Brazilian babes. Well, then they realize they walked in the wrong. Theater. But then they, yep, yeah, wrong. <laughs> in 1974, somebody definitely walked into the wrong theater. <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> so the movie opens, uh, yeah, with a matching pair of red and blue books being stolen by military men from various hidden compartments in five cities around the world simultaneously. Did you get all that? <laughs> there are five sets of books in all labeled most secret <laughs> uh, with Roman numerals from uh, one through ten. And they're soon got to get, gathered together in a box for some random guy looking pretty groovy. He's uh, he's wearing a plaid jacket over a half unbuttoned shirt with a gold necklace. His name is Farrah Fawcett and he deserves respect. No, he looks like Mick Jagger and I've got him as Mick Jagger <laughs> in my entire notes. Well, I've got him as Farrah Fawcett. No, Basically. Just just know, people, that uh, Mick Jagger and Farrah Fawcett are the same person. Basically, when you see this guy, you know that he either was a police officer in Miami or he smuggled cocaine out of Miami at some point. <laughs> he is either. I, the, the, how alike those two things look in the 1970s is pretty remarkable. He's handled some questionable substances. <laughs> yeah, rather, on whatever side of the law, who knows? <laughs> he either arrested Tim Allen or he was Tim Allen. Either or. His name is George, but yes, we're going to refer to him as Jagger or Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett number one, because George's henchmen are Farrah Fawcett number two and three. That's what true. I want to know is, does he have the moves like Jagger? The moves like Jagger. What I want to know is... <laughs> Thank you man, for that. Oh man. <laughs> when did Maroon 5 turn into a shitty just pop band? They've always been just a shitty pop band. Songs About Jane is one of the best albums of all time. Okay, well, we're well, not that's, here to talk that's about really, that. That's as topical as that is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the military men who stole all these books, they're now wearing suits, and they're all standing before him. And he tells them they did a good job and that the bar's open. So they walk over to the bar and start pouring themselves a drink as the groovy guy backs away, and he starts eating a stick of gum as slowly as possible. It's really 
it's off-putting how slowly he's eating this stick of gum and just staring at him. It was the 70s, man. Everything was sensual. Yeah, I feel like every every action undertaken throughout this movie is done in a move in a way that's just like heavy with sexual tension. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's totally for the most part an innocent movie, but because I feel like it's just got this 70s kind of smutty, grimy <laughs> feel to it. Yeah, it's not even seductive. You're right. It's smutty. It's it gross. Is. The whole it's thing. gross. It, is, it, what is, it gross. is So behind the soldiers, two hitmen possibly one hit woman and one hit man it's hard to tell with their matching long hair farrah fawcett two and three <laughs> they enter the room in matching outfits with sweet burgundy leather jackets and shoot the soldiers off screen i'd buy one of those jackets yeah they're kind of sweet yeah. i mean i would look stupid like in one but i would buy it <laughs> no you would look stupid if you were wearing that and then a black turtleneck and looked exactly like <laughs> the woman standing next to you <laughs> I think your I think your judgment of these jackets are a little skewed by yeah, their introduction. <laughs> I think so. You so, and Brooke should get matching jackets. Perfect. That's a no. We're not we're not that couple. Uh, so Mick Jagger tosses his gum wrapper at their bodies, and she's definitely a hit woman named Cass. Uh, the hitman is Joey, and uh, like we said, Mick Jagger's George. But I'm just gonna keep calling him Jagger. And they have some plane tickets for Jagger, and the books are apparently worth a lot of money, so he tells him to clean up the mess, and he goes to leave. There's a freeze frame on him that turns to a negative as the opening <laughs> credits start up with, like, disco tunes and American flag-themed animations that we'll get a lot in this movie. Oh, man. Yeah, the American flag transitions and everything in this movie, they are prevalent i love that they didn't edit them out for this dvd that I <laughs> yeah it's just still clearly yeah, it's like, like it's like watching commercial a, it's like watching a uh like a sitcom on netflix from like the 1990s where they have the clear tv breaks and nobody <laughs> bothered to edit them out except these have actual transitions like whoosh, whoosh. Yes. well you know for our listeners that don't know this movie was a uh uh tv pilot it was supposed to kick off a whole That's series true. starring Wonder Woman. And it ended up being so bad that they completely recast Wonder Woman. And that's why we got Linda Carter. Yeah, they scrapped it and retold the whole thing. Yeah. And for and the better, yeah. I think. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Like, okay, well, you know, let's just, let's move on. So the credits end and we open on a shot of an island, presumably Themyscira, Wonder Woman's island home island where yeah she's from. where she was born and uh there's some unnecessary narration from wonder woman's mom she says it was perhaps inevitable that the man-made world would one day require a unique woman a wonder woman that day has come <laughs> you are that unique woman diana you will be the wonder woman and it it continues but it's just a whole lot of unnecessary stuff. Oh, for sure. There's which Garbage. you'll find is a lot of this movie is a whole lot of unnecessary stuff. Exactly. And yeah, this yeah. movie is full of unnecessary stuff and still manages to barely just have a plot. It does somehow <laughs> it has. And the plot is less confusing than the last movie that we did. Oh, goodness. for sure. But it's, it's still... less confusing, but it's stupider. <laughs> it's less confusing because it's like point a two point B two point C with just fluff in between that really doesn't advance the story at all. It's clearly setting up the series oh, that yeah. never happened. Like lots of characters that we're supposed to see again later in further episodes, but it just doesn't happen. Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, yeah uh, there are several like I'll get you again type moments in this in this yes. for sure. Not Mick Jagger though. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that. So the narration continues, but on the island Diana is saying goodbye to her hot friends one by one. They're all wearing ancient Greek robes and metal bracelets, and her mom is the last to say goodbye to her. 
Mom tells her she's endowed with extraordinary wisdom, love, and strength, and that her mission in the world of man will hopefully open closed eyes to the genuine value of women. Cut to Washington, D.C., where Diana is now working as a secretary for a man who calls her D. (laughs) You thought you turned on Wonder Woman starring Kathy Lee Crosby. Really, you're watching 9 to 5 with Dolly Parton. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, I guess I, I didn't go over the cast. And honestly, I forgot to look up. Aside from Kathy Lee Crosby and Ricardo Montalban, I don't remember who plays anybody else. Does anybody care? Yeah, which is funny because those are, as far as I'm concerned, the only two characters in this movie. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I looked up like what other people had been in. And unless you lived throughout that era of television, none of them matter. Like they're not in anything that I recognized them from. And I watch a lot of TV and movies. So Um, anyway, so she's working as a secretary now. And uh, after delivering a note to her boss, who looks strikingly like a young Ted Levine, he was uh that's he was, who he looks like. He was the killer from Silence of the Lambs and yeah. there's just yeah. there's a weird resemblance there. Um her boss is some sort of commanding officer or agent in the military and she leaves his office and is immediately hit on by a guy in the waiting area by her desk with five other men. So this is 9 to 5. It might as well be. Uh the guy asks her to dinner as he and the other men move to enter the boss's office and he tells her don't answer. Think about it. Think about it. And she's clearly not that interested. No. So inside her boss's office, the men all take a seat and the boss presses the intercom button connected to Diana's desk so that she'll be able to listen in on what's going on. He tells the men that the complete list of all of their agents in the field, their cover identities and their specific assignments has been stolen, along with the key to every diplomatic and military code being used by the government throughout the world. This info has all been broken down into five parts, the five sets of books which are all necessary to use the key. He exposits everything we've seen so far, then explains that the books were stolen simultaneously after the mandatory 72-hour check-in from all the field agents who can't be reached or warned until another 72 hours have passed, so pretty much the villains have three days to accomplish whatever their plan is. And the thief is demanding only $15 million in cash. <laughs> in the so, last movie we watched, they demanded $1 billion that's from what I put, each country. And that was eight years <laughs> Before this movie takes yeah. place. Like, well, what an idiot. Have some ambition, Khan. Yeah, and not to mention, you're threatening the lives... You're threatening the lives of every, like, field agent, every, like, spy, every, like, secret military agent and stuff like that. You're threatening a lot more people for a lot less money. They say in the movie it's 39 field agents. Yeah. So that's less than a million... That's, like, less than half a million dollars for each person. <laughs> Way maybe less maybe they're just more money. realistic. They're like, eh, I know how much these people value their field agents. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they have 48 hours to gather the cash, and then they'll be contacted as to where and how the ransom is to be made. The boss brings up the three men capable of pulling off the heist, and clearly the only man that matters is the one who has never been photographed before, named Abner Smith. <laughs> played <laughs> and by what the... a name that is. He's played by the very white, very plain American... Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo. Yes, there's no way this man has ever would ever be named Abner <laughs> named Smith. Named Abner. <laughs> Clearly the script was written and then they cast him much later in the process. Which is funny because they also cast him with or they he plays the like he plays the character with the thickest 
the thickest accent I have possibly ever heard on film. It's like super rich and like well, it's that's the just, only yeah, it's the only way he talks. Yeah, that's yeah. how Ricardo Montalban sounds. Well, I'm just but you know what I mean. It's the, the casting choice gets stranger and stranger. I think. Yeah, that's true. I think if you're casting Ricardo Montalban, you're casting him for that voice. Maybe change your character's name from <laughs> Abner Smith. Abnero. <laughs> Ab- yeah, you could have just said Abner, and it literally would have been 800 times more believable. I have more problem with the Smith part of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I didn't think about that. Maybe he's got yeah. a stepdad somewhere. Yeah. Ooh, and let's, let's also, let's not forget that this guy, for the vast majority of the movie, is only viewed on screen Dr. Claw style with just his yes. hands showing and cigar poking it just barely into frame. Yeah, you'll see the top of like the silver top of his cane <laughs> and the cigar and that that yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's exactly like Dr. Claw sitting in front of a computer monitor. <laughs> just only I'll get you gadget. Rather than Frank Welker, you have Ricardo Montalban <laughs> providing the voice. A logical a logical transition. So, after he's done explaining the plot, the boss tells the men that they each have 1 hour to come up with a plan to get the books back and they get on it. They leave his office and return to the waiting area outside where Bob, the guy who asked Diana out immediately, says, Well, D, what do you think? It's like, dude, you have so much, like, something much more important to worry about now than hitting on this woman. I think he's <laughs> implying, hey, if you don't go on a date with me, they're all going to die. Because I'm just not going to think up a plan. Tick tock, tick tock. Um, she's very politely shoots him down and he takes it well enough. But then as he's walking away, she makes the mistake of asking him to be careful on his mission. So he stops, kisses his finger and then just taps it on her forehead in the creepiest way. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of any romantic gesture in this movie also done in the creepiest way possible. And every single man in this movie hits on her in one way or another. Oh, Oh, absolutely. So they share a lighthearted exchange about her being out of the office for a while. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he goes and she walks in to see her boss, whom it turns out is Steve Trevor, her famous love interest from the comics. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of I figured it was probably him, but they just yeah. didn't say his name up until this point. Uh, anyway, this is then they share a lighthearted exchange about her being out of the office for a while for a, quote, dentist appointment, end quote. Clearly, he knows she's Wonder Woman. And it all feels really inappropriate considering the global threat at hand, not to mention that he's her boss. Like they're just having this lighthearted conversation and it's just like, yeah. oh, yeah. it really sounds like it really sounds like she's leaving work and then he's going to leave after her. And they're having like a weekend getaway that his wife doesn't know about. That's yeah, exactly. that's how it's really played. Yeah. And then right after this conversation, it transitions to uh, her being in uh, France, right? Oh, well, uh they say their goodbyes and she's off to stock footage of France. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, there, man, there's a bunch of stock footage in this oh, movie. so <laughs> Yeah, much. I don't know what it is about superhero movies from this time, but man, stock footage galore here. And bad stock footage at that. Not even good stock footage. I it's, know. It's I, amazing how cheap television was back then compared to now where you've got like, you know, you watch something like Game of Thrones where they're spending millions of dollars on graphics yeah, per and, episode yeah. yeah yeah and this is just yeah this looks it's like, like garbage i don't know what the 70s equivalent of a flip phone was but that's what they shot all of this stock footage on <laughs> it looks like every shot is just like the camera lens is smeared with vaseline as they're <laughs> it as... probably was they were reusing some cameras from some other <laughs> set somewhere <laughs> production took place in california wink 
<laughs> Gross. So Gross. <laughs> Get out. Go home. Uh, um, so in France, she enters a hotel and she asks for a room at the front desk while Joey, the hitman from before, uh, one of the twins, he lurks nearby. That's Pharaoh number two. <laughs> he recognizes her as Wonder Woman. Like, I, I guess everybody just knows she's yeah. Wonder Woman. There's no secret identity. Wonder Woman movie. has her own Wikipedia page. Well, if they had Wikipedia back then. No, she's so popular that they invented Wikipedia and the internet 30 years early just for her. Oh, wow. Was Al Gore involved? Yeah, he created it. <laughs> he did. Um, <laughs> So uh, Joey makes a call to Mick Jagger, who's now wearing a 70s bodysuit and standing in the office of his employer, Mr. Smith, (laughs) Abner Smith, Ricardo Montalban, (laughs) the main suspect in the case Wonder Woman's working. Mr. Smith is kept obscured for the most part, but there's no mistake in that voice. Like, it's it's Ricardo Montalban. Um, Jagger wants Joey to kill Wonder Woman, but Mr. Smith tells him to hold off. Jagger tries to protest, but no luck. Joey is told to... Welcome the lady, politely. Diana steps into the hotel elevator, and on her way up, she notices someone on the roof of the elevator opening a hatch to sneak inside. She presses the button for the next floor. The elevator is set to pass. Uh, And suddenly, Joey drops down into the elevator to attack right as the doors open, and she just kicks him out into the hallway. Yeah, and then immediately just go. She just got attacked. And then immediately just goes to her room and sets her things down and, like, orders a massage and room service. Yeah, I don't, I don't she know. She just doesn't care. I think that this movie is trying to communicate, like, oh, she's a woman of strength. Being attacked is no big deal for her. But what it really comes across as, like, yeah, women are used to this. This is the 70s. <laughs> Sometimes you just drop down into an <laughs> elevator and, atta- and try to hit a woman. Yeah, it's just she's so casual about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very. And every time she gets attacked in this movie, she is super casual about it. <laughs> she really is. So uh, in her room, she opens her suitcases. And inside one suitcase is an entire collection of various gold and silver bracelets and watches and a golden belt, which she takes. Jagger calls her and says he wants to take her out to dinner and that he may have some useful info regarding her case. They agree to meet in the lobby of the hotel later. Uh, Mr. Smith, still sitting next to Jagger, tells him he doubts he'll have the success he thinks he'll have, and Jagger bets him $10,000 that he's wrong. There is so much gambling. I've never been that self-confident on a date. Talk Not about once. throwing around money. Like, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of gambling and bets and like all sorts of things like that throughout this movie. My God. Most of them involving Jagger. Yeah. Uh, that night at dinner, Jagger's dressed like he's going to high school prom. <laughs> He's wearing a full velvet tuxedo coupled with a velvet bow tie. It's like that frilly thing. Yeah, and he's got like the frilly stupid shirt. He looks like a velvet pirate. And And let me reiterate, this is on a first date. This man wore a tuxedo. On his first date with a woman. He wore a <laughs> On velvet. an impromptu first date. It was like, what it comes across is like he was just sitting in his hotel room just trying to work up the nerve, dressed in his tuxedo for hours before. <laughs> I think this is his first date ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is how people dress on dates? So this guy, he lays it on thick. Even telling her to let him make love to her in the most threatening, creepy tone. Let me make love to you, baby. And... No, thank you. Her response is great. She asks, why? And he says, 
because your eyes reach into my and she says no you misunderstood me i didn't mean why should you want to i mean why should i <laughs> yeah i give that's that's a that's a good snap back yeah. man good writing i'm there. just waiting for kelso to pop up and go burn <laughs> <laughs> and uh he struggles to recover from that one too he even desperately and super creepily says i like you <laughs> that's all he can think to say <laughs> Like uh, oh, I what? I like like you. I like like you. And then he slides her a piece of paper that says, "Will you be my girlfriend?" Check yes or no or maybe. (laughs) But he also just slides her a sheet of Polly Pocket stickers so she can put the sticker in the box that she wants. And then Wonder Woman, being a self-confident, sassy, brassy girl. Makes up her own option, which is, again, just, why? Why? <laughs> Scribbles it in marker. <laughs> so she finally leaves and makes a phone call to Steve Trevor, her boss, from a phone booth on the street, when a car comes screeching around the corner intent on killing her. On the sidewalk? Yeah, the car yeah. car is on the sidewalk. Yeah, it's driving it just down doesn't the sidewalk. care. Um, and this is the first instance of this movie was clearly made for TV when red, white, and blue stripes do a dramatic wipe across the image as if to signal a cut to commercial. Yeah. And she, it freeze frames on like that nice classic surprise deer in headlights face. The music (laughs) blares. It's like a subtle. Yeah. There's never not somebody with that face whenever this thing cuts to commercial. Every time. It happens a lot. It's bad. So after the break, she barely makes it out of the booth in time for the car uh, as the car destroys it. The car reverses and tries to run her down on the sidewalk, but she grabs hold of an awning and flips up onto the top of it to move out of the way. How'd she get out of the phone booth? They don't even show it. It just shows the car smash the phone booth. All of a sudden, she's on top of the awning. Yeah, she's just... Well, you see her flip up on top of it. Oh, do you? But she's all, all of a sudden she's just standing against the wall away from. Oh, the I guess yeah. I just and wasn't. She, yeah, she teleports several times in this movie. Like she's just one place, and then she is just another place. And I it's guess clear, I wasn't paying less than attention. ten seconds have passed. So maybe she does have superpowers like teleportation. We just I don't, don't know. think so. I think this is just a Ooh, bad movie. Important note to make: so Wonder Woman in this iteration specifically does not have superpowers. That's right. Yeah, because we didn't say that. her character in the comic at this time had lost her superpowers yep that's uh, true. which actually during the production of this film she got them back in the comic series and so they still completely screwed that up well but- that's why <laughs> a year later linda carter had superpowers. yeah yeah but i mean but i mean i'm impressed like they looked i'm impressed that they thought they, they thought that through because most comic yeah. book adaptations do not care they which- kind of they she it was it had just something to do with like feminism at the time like the politics of it and how she to show that she could still be powerful without powers in the comics but she the character was already such an icon for feminism that they hated it like women hated this idea of her not having superpowers and being on the level of the men was she also replaced and became a blonde former tennis star in the comics no that's another thing to note is that wonder woman in this movie is blonde she is not brunette like or with black hair like she's traditionally depicted yeah which is one of my big gripes about her appearance. It's the rough. other one being... Certainly not the only gripe. <laughs> no. Yes, yeah. It's, okay. it's weird. Anyway, um, I'm fairly positive the stunt person in the scene where she flips onto the awning is a man. <laughs> and that happens a lot in this, where she busts through something or 
has her face obscured, and it's just such a masculine body. It was like, Mick Jagger. They've got about the same <laughs> length of hair. I like doing stunts. Oh, yeah. Farrah Fawcett, number one, Mick Jagger, not moves like Mick Jagger. So as the car speeds away, she attaches one of her bracelets to the top as a tracking device and uses the other to track it. And I have no idea how this works because it's obviously just a watch with a thick band that she's looking at to track it. And, they're like, and there's there's no screen or anything or like a tracking signal or yeah. anything yeah. like that. It does make like an electronic screeching beeping noise, but, but really in what in what situation are you going to use sonar? To track somebody yeah, like, across hundreds of miles. <laughs> How does this work? And I mean, even bigger than that, is there anything her bracelets can't... Holy shit, I figured it out. What? She doesn't have superpowers because she's female Batman. Her bracelets do so much stuff. It really they're is. They're bombs, they're trackers. All of her bracelets, yeah, the suitcase and everything, it's her utility belt. And yet they all look very, very similar. And I'm wondering, if you confuse your tracking device bracelet with your bomb bracelet, you've become a murderer at that point. I <laughs> you're, yeah. you're a straight-up terrorist. <laughs> I appreciate the idea of this, though, with her not having superpowers. Instead, this is very much like a, a spy movie, spy yeah. thriller. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I appreciate the idea of her having her traditional bracelets but as various gadgets it's she's uh she's not even diana prince in this movie she's brucette brucette wayne that's who oh. she is oh yeah i thought you were i thought you were saying she was actually named brucette i was like mm. no no they say diana several yeah. times I, <laughs> I was making a funny you guys no ah. you were just making a object if, <laughs> anyway shut up her bracelet leads her to a gated mansion, and the gates automatically open when she gets there. And just inside the gate, she finds a bottle of champagne or wine, and she pours a glass for herself, smells it, and then pours it out. And there, there's an instance of this kind of later on where uh, she suspects that it's poisoned. But at the time when I was watching it, I was like, what was the point of that? <laughs> and really, they could have totally taken that out of this movie, and yeah. it would not have changed the thing. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, it never was poisoned. Yeah, yeah, it's never... She's just paranoid. Well, if Jagger had a hand in dealing with that, then it almost certainly was poison. Yeah, oh, yeah the, the, first, the first wine, definitely. The second wine, definitely not. Yes. <laughs> As we'll see. Um, nearby, she hears a pool party going on, and she goes to check it out, but it's really just a tape recording of a pool party playing next <laughs> to a steel pool. Stock footage number two. It's <laughs> just so stupid. Why would you go through the time? It's not even like a tape recording, I don't think. It looked like it was on a uh, uh, like a vinyl record. It's Well, I think it's actually a recording device. Like, it's playing a big tape on the inside of it. Oh, But okay. it is a very large piece of machinery. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not from 1974. And there's a phone next to it that Mr. Smith calls her on. So why not just call her and she'll hear the phone ring and go back there. Why set up a fake pool party? <laughs> <laughs> I guess because it's the 70s and they were all about pool parties. Everybody, yeah, real if, you're, or not. if you're not at work, you're not at home doing cocaine or you're not sleeping, you're at a pool party in doing the 70s. Cocaine. I, doing cocaine. <laughs> at work, doing cocaine, sleeping, but also doing cocaine. <laughs> the 70s were really white. Well, white as snow, you could say. You could say. But you shouldn't. <laughs> so she gets a call from Mr. Smith, like I said, and they talk for a while, but he basically just tells her he'll return the books that he's stolen and he won't harm the field agents as long as the ransom is paid on time. 
and the car she was following before starts to drive off, presumably with Mr. Smith sitting in the back seat, like, because uh, every time it cuts to him where your his face is obscured, he's sitting in the back seat of a car. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, the car drives off, and she tries to chase after it, but the front gates of the mansion close in front of her, and her tracking bracelet has been left behind and she throws it at the gate to confirm that it's now like electric yeah and uh but she she opens it pretty easily without much trouble by messing with the wire that controls it like yeah it's really not much of an obstacle for her (laughs) um back at the hotel she realizes someone is probably in her room so she has the man across the hall call her room's phone and, of course, he hits on her relentlessly because every man in this movie does. Yeah, but, of course, mind you, there's no solid – she doesn't ever give, like, a very – a terribly solid no to anybody that doesn't jagger. I feel like everybody else, she just – she kind of bedroomizes them a little bit, and it's like, oh, very coy. <laughs> <laughs> and then – Well, no, in this one, she mentions her husband being in her room. Yeah, she does say <laughs> – I honestly, I, I don't – agree with that i guess i do think that she's totally innocent and like just happens to be a gorgeous woman and everybody is hits on her and she smiles at them politely and just like politely shoots them down every time well it's because it's the 70s if they slap the crap out of her they're not getting in trouble i guess it's it's all about the face it's all about the face she can't help it jacob that's her she has beautiful bone structure all right those cheekbones I agree. Those cheekbones. <laughs> you could cut diamonds. So I'm not sure what her plan is in getting the neighbor to call her room because she still walks into her room immediately after that. And of course, Jagger's there holding the phone with uh, Joey and his twin hit woman, Cass, armed Uh-oh. with batons now on either side of the door behind her. Oh, man. <laughs> like she still just walks right in. Yeah. So what was the point? Of... I think it's because she thought maybe there was just one person in the hotel room. So to get that person over by the phone so they wouldn't be able to ambush her. But... <laughs> It's a stupid plan. But all yeah, what a what a strange way also to think like, oh, if there's somebody waiting for me in my hotel room and I call the phone in there, they would answer that. And they can't ambush <laughs> me unless they have a gun. They can't, they can't ambush me if they're answering the phone. That occupies their all their faculties. Just don't go to your hotel room. <laughs> yeah. How about you call it from the lobby or Literally, something? Literally, if you went back to that hotel manager and you were like, hey, my room smells like garbage. I need a new room. He would have been like, oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, how, how do you know that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're in France, Jacob. <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, mom, back I was it. failing at that French impersonation. Our as one soon subscriber as I from it. France just click. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> one from Quebec. Sorry, you're a wonderful country and we no, we're just ignorant and don't know anything about France and don't know anything about French. My we're girlfriend going... can speak French. I cannot. We're going down the list of countries as we go through each episode and just checking off. Okay, we insulted that one. It was Scotland and Ireland with the first episode. And the American Southwest also. (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry. That was my fault. So Jagger tries to get her into this big trunk, but she refuses. And so he eats a piece of chewing gum. Chewing gum. (laughs) And Israel. Chewing gum. How dare you? As As a proud Jewish American, how dare you? I need to take a drink of water. My mouth was dry and I tried to say chewing gum and it came out chewing gum. 
Yeah. I'm calling the Anti-Defamation League <laughs> on both your asses. <laughs> Going Kerouac, baby. <laughs> Going Kerouac. <laughs> Krav Maga. Uh, so, yeah, he eats the gum in his nasty way, and we cut to commercial again. And when we come back, she takes out all three with with ease. Like, it's oh, no problem. Oh, my God. Yeah, the fight choreography she knocks, is so bad. She knocks yeah. all three of them out. Just like. Yeah. It, she knocks all three of them out while somehow moving her fists at three miles an hour. This is the slowest moving fight scene I've <laughs> ever seen caught on tape. It really is. It's oh, horrible. man. Every fight scene in, in this entire movie is just terribly it's, yeah, choreographed it's, and shot yeah it's not even choreographed it's like they filmed them doing the training sessions where they do like the half motion run throughs and they were like eh, it's Just good light enough sparring <laughs> they were running somehow, out of money it still knocks <laughs> they, them out they they ran out of money to energize them to move full speed or yeah. <laughs> well no they couldn't they oh they couldn't it. refilm it okay yeah. oh no yeah i just didn't get the joke okay. so she Rude. finds a plane ticket in jagger's jacket and she flies to new york Meanwhile, Steve Trevor receives a giant wooden crate in his office from Mr. Smith, and his instructions are to open it alone. We're others, warned. Others think it may be a bomb, but he does as he's instructed, prying it open with a crowbar to reveal... A burro. A donkey, yes. We're warned, or Steve Trevor's warned while he's opening this, that there could be an assassin inside. And Jacob and I watched the movie together, and so when they said there might be an assassin, Jake and I just like telepathically knew to look at each other. And at the same time, we said male and assassin. And as soon as male the, in assassin, male and like assassin. a male and bride. Yeah. Well, no male and a n slightly different. Uh, but then, uh, I don't know. Then, uh, continue. <laughs> Anyways, uh, when they opened it up and, uh, the donkey was there, we both again knew to just look at each other and, said male and ass, ass. <laughs> that joke is not as funny now as it was then yeah we might cut this out who knows yeah. anyway <laughs> i regret this yeah this this was not there was no payoff here let's continue <laughs> let's all pause for a moment just in case you need to cut it out great all right <laughs> <laughs> so in diana's new hotel room joey and Cass place a small black box under a couch and later jagger calls her and as soon as she sits on the couch to answer the phone, Jagger presses a button on a remote control, which opens a box to reveal another donkey. No, it's it's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Just a very small donkey crawling out from under the couch. <laughs> and in the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> I was thinking that this entire movie, I was thinking the donkey talking in donkey's voice from Shrek the whole time. A, a very, very, very unknown Eddie Murphy at the time in his first role as Donkey. <laughs> yeah, this was like this might be pre SNL. Oh yeah, no, yeah, this is this is mid seventies. So well, I this... think Eddie Murphy was eighties SNL, wasn't he? Because he was yeah. like around during like the whole Def Jam comic era and stuff like that. I think so. Yeah, I don't I know. So. I don't know anything about comedy. Well, if I remember correctly, that's why uh, I run a comedy podcast. Um, SNL didn't even SNL didn't exist when this movie came out. I don't think SNL, I think SNL's first season was in 1979. I don't know. Anyway, let's continue. Okay. Um, in Diana's, oh yeah, she, so there's a snake inside this box. Uh, <laughs> she makes plans for another dinner date with Jagger on the phone. And then she hangs up just as the snake starts to curl around her ankle. 
Thinking fast, though, she picks up the phone and calls for a waiter to bring up a container of milk and a saucer, let himself into the room, but he must take off his shoes in the hall first, and she offers a $50 tip if he can get there within the next minute. And so the waiter does as he's instructed, taking off his shoes before he enters the room, and he's pretty shocked to see the snake on her leg, but he's able to help her by following her instructions and luring the snake away from her with a saucer of milk. You know, as snakes are well known... They love saucers of milk. Snakes, snakes I think like maybe milk. this was originally written as like a tiny little panther or and something <laughs> because the- snakes aren't mammals. They don't drink milk. There's no reason oh, I didn't for even that. Think about that. <laughs> it's stupid. Milk is completely foreign to snakes. Why the hell would they be attracted it makes to that? No sense. I'm wa- I was watching it like, oh, is that like a trick to? lure snakes away from you? Did you, you look like, it up? Yeah, I've... I looked yeah, it up. Though. Yeah, I've Googled lure snake milk, snake trap milk. I've, I've Googled all of those in the past couple of days, and no, sir, there's nothing. <laughs> uh, but the guy earned that tip, though. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, later that evening, Mr. Smith and Jagger are at the restaurant together, and Smith wonders why Diana hasn't shown up yet, and Jagger pretends not to know why. Oh, I didn't. I didn't try to have her killed. Uh, But to his disappointment, she arrives the next second. As Jagger joins her, Mr. Smith totally vanishes. Like, a waiter moves in front of the camera, and he's just gone. Which is always nice when that happens in movies. Is he James Franco in Spider-Man 3? Right? Like, man, what a trope. Yeah, I hate that. Um, Jagger offers her some money to make an alliance with Mr. Smith, but she turns him down. He threatens to kill her, but she isn't scared. And she gets up and walks away, leaving behind a present for him. It's a box, and inside the, inside is the snake. And Jagger, he seems very calm about this. I thought it would have been a lot more effective if he had opened it and the snake had, like, risen up or something. And, like, he's scared now. He can't leave the restaurant yeah. or whatever. Maybe he paid Burgess Meredith from the last movie to train the snake, but, not to attack him. But mind you, this so the snake... <laughs> or uh, Sorry, it took me a second to register what you were saying. We do another one of those great zoom in to like a tight face shot. Yeah. During that scene where he realizes it's a snake and it zooms in real fast on just his face. <laughs> and it's the dumbest looking thing because they don't even hold the camera still while they're zooming in. It's, so, yeah, it's all rickety. Yeah it, looks, yeah, it looks like a cameraman's balancing on its head and also trying to run the zoom function. And I also just called that cameraman it. I meant he. (laughs) (laughs) What if, like, someone across the restaurant was having, like, a a glass of milk poured and the snake just whipped up out of there? (laughs) The snake just coils through the air like one of the jumping snakes and lands in the glass of milk. (laughs) Cue yakety sacks as the whole restaurant freaks out. (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, outside she calls Steve and tells him... Oh, he tells her that he's instructed to put the $15 million into saddlebags on the donkey and take it to a place in Nevada, giving it a command in Spanish, and he's supposed to slap it on the ass. Slap that ass no right pun on intended. its ass. Oh, man, I, I could not resist making that pun all throughout my notes. <laughs> slap it on the ass. So she steps out of the phone booth, does not get hit by a car this time, does not teleport out of it, and uh, onto the set of the opening of Friends. Seriously, oh, yes. this fountain is the exact same fountain that the friends splash around in in the opening. Yeah, I, I I pulled up some photos and compared it. There is no earthly way it's not the exact same fountain. <laughs> and we watch a lot of friends around here. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, Jacob, that's the fountain from friends. <laughs> yeah. That, 
that fountain's been around for like 50 years now. Yeah, I, I can't tell if it's like a place, like if that's a place you can go and be in the Friends Fountain, or if it's just like a prop that is very old. <laughs> Man, it's something though. It was weird seeing it like in a 70s movie. <laughs> I think we all need to relax on referring to a fountain that at the earliest we've seen it was in 1974 as very old. Well, we might, 50 for years a prop, for a, though? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, I guess that's true. I just didn't want to alienate any of our listeners. <laughs> oh, well. We, we've we alienated people from several countries now. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, by the fountain, she meets one of her Amazonian friends who showed up to tell her that another Amazonian friend, Angela, has fled their <laughs> island home. I'm just going to call her Angela. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> they say Angela, basically, and it's just yeah. stupid. <laughs> the spelling of this name is dumb. But uh, anyway, Angela's not to be trusted now because the Amazonians are dicks. There's really no rule for them to, like, It's she just says, like, she left the island and now she cannot be trusted. <laughs> Why? No explanation. Um, all throughout this scene, also, uh, they're playing like angelic, like heavenly background music, like. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, and I hate, I hate. They do that several times here. And it's I like the Amazonian theme. I hate it. I hate. It makes me feel like I'm watching. It's a wonderful life. Like an angel's about to get his wings somewhere. Whenever that <laughs> stupid music comes on, it drives me crazy. See, it's it really made me cheesy. think of uh, like the opening to. Uh, Disney's Peter Pan, the 1953 cartoon, when it's got the <laughs> Absolutely! It is the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back in Steve's office, the donkey's been sprayed overall with a harmless, non-toxic, ultraviolet fluid to track it from the air with the aid of special lighting already installed on the helicopters. And I just thought this was silly enough to mention. It's <laughs> like, that's a mouthful of just... Yeah. I, I like Techno babble. I, I like basically. how that's the easiest thing they could think of was to spray the donkey with ultraviolet ink and well, track no, it via helicopter. Because they, they also make a point to state that they've taken not one, which could easily be disabled, not two, which could also be disabled, not three, which also could be disabled, but four, which somehow adding one more makes it completely impossible to, to, to uh, disable them. They've got four trackers underneath each horseshoe. Attached to this donkey's feet. Oh, uh, the hoof trackers. Yeah. Or the, the, the hoof transmitters. There you go. Yeah. Here's the here's the stupidest question I've asked in a while. Um, are they still called horseshoes if they're on a donkey? They're called ass shoes. They're ass called... shoes. <laughs> ass shoes. There's not even three S's. It's all one word. A-S-S-H-O-E-S. And then every time you say ass shoes, somebody says, bless you. A-S-S-H-O-E-S. Yeah, it's all Ass hoes. It was the 70s, man. <laughs> Shit was weird. We really should have thought about we've this. We've installed four industrial strength assholes onto this donkey. <laughs> I'm just imagining the inventor looking at it after the fact. Yeah, we, we really should have thought about this. Assholes. We need to make a shirt to okay, sell that just says assholes. Yes. That'll go with our uh, people Pe- piles Pe- and people vials shirt. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, man. So um, Bob is tasked with strapping the saddlebags onto the donkey. Bob's the guy that hit on her earlier, and this seems like an appropriate job for Bob. <laughs> <laughs> 
because Bob, Bob, mind you, is a completely inconsequential, as are most characters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in Nevada, Steve and Bob arrive at what looks like a reuse set from a Western movie. <laughs> and they get there in a truck with the donkey loaded inside. Steve <laughs> yells at the donkey in Spanish and slaps that ass. And they drive away, <laughs> as instructed. Suddenly, Wonder Woman, finally in something resembling a costume, pops out of one of the nearby buildings. Which, I took a mark at this. This movie is one hour and 15 minutes long. The costume first shows up 42 minutes into this movie. We have 30 minutes of film left. And this costume is nothing resembling anything no. in the Oh, comics. no, no, no. Yeah, no. this costume, it's, it's a zip-up sweater and, like, tights. And the only thing that's the same is she has a belt that's gold and she has wristbands that are gold and that's it it looks like she reused one of her tennis outfits or something <laughs> yeah, yeah for this absolutely movie. yeah it is like it's got a, a little skirt with tights and stuff yeah it's silly oh, anyway it's bad uh joey and Cass take aim at her with twin rifles from a window across the way and we cut to a commercial with a stripe wipe <laughs> stripe wipe <laughs> that's what it is really it's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when we come back, she disappears from their view, then pops up behind them, knocking their heads together, conking their heads together to knock them out like they're cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah, within within less than 10 seconds, she's gone from the ground up to like a third story window and managed to appear behind these guys. But she is not superhuman. Exactly. She is not. She it's might like have anybody some could, superpowers. Anybody could do that with enough training, question mark? They're so questionable with whether she has any sort of powers because sometimes... Like, super agility, super strength. Like, her mom even mentioned some stuff on the island. Yeah. But then it's also, like... Well, I don't think we ever get, like, an appearance of, like, actual super strength or anything like that. Yeah. She just seems it's really just, fit. Yeah. But not super It's really super hard human. to tell if some things are supposed to be superhuman or not. Yeah, yeah. you have to kind of... You, you kind of have to take stock, like... Um, I like don't want to playing it. It's, you know, it's a, it's a comic book. It's a comic book TV show. And so she's going to get out of situations that are going to kill her, regardless of whether she has superpowers or not, because she's the main, she's like the title character. Yeah. So it makes, I mean, I, I just, yeah, but I don't know which one to chalk it up to. Like, is it just them doing that or is she supposed to have superpowers? Did I say a post? A post. <laughs> a posta. A posta. <laughs> Either way, when she slaps their heads together, there's definitely like a coconut sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's just all that matters. Uh, so she sees the donkey and follows it into another building. Steve and Bob are tracking its hoof transmitters on a display in the truck. The donkey steps into a back room and Wonder Woman tries to follow, but a transparent door slides down in front of her, blocking her path. Mm -hmm. And then multicolored lights flash on the donkey and Steve and Bob lose track of its signal. And I think this is the last that we see of them. Yes. Uh, yeah. We don't see Bob again at all in this movie. And then Steve shows up at the very end, but yeah. they're totally out of it. Because for... Steve pushed Bob out the window for hitting on his girl. He should have. Then he should have pushed every man who's ever come into contact with her out of the window, apparently. Yeah. I was not sad to see Bob go. No. Though. Yeah. I don't think Diana <laughs> yeah, was Yeah, I had either. not put any emotional stock in Bob. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if ever there were a character in this movie that could have totally been killed off for his, like, emotional stakes, it's Bob. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's... I mean, like, emotional stakes. I mean that in, like, the, the slightest. <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> That's generous. So um, the donkey is then sprayed with water, presumably to wash away the harmless, non-toxic, ultraviolet tracking fluid. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it disappears in a flash of light. I thought it got vaporized. Yeah, I did. That's I, what I yeah, I wrote. I wrote Donkey got vaporized because I was like, "What the hell <laughs> just, like, oh, happened? just Killed it. <laughs> I even Shrek. I, <laughs> <laughs> he got put in a, an ass vial. He's nope. an ass. Nope. Stop it now. Lock it down, Christian. <laughs> I don't trust the rest of that joke. <laughs> he was turned into an ass pile and put in an ass file, just like people piles and people vials. It's, if people haven't listened to the first, like, two episodes, yeah. that is going to come off so weird. And <laughs> yeah, please go back and listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, apparently Mr. Smith isn't an ass man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that I'd was, save Christian a little bit there with that the worst was, joke. That was repugnant. <laughs> I did we write could down, totally though. cut that. <laughs> Wonder Woman, like, immediately, as soon as the donkey disappears, she walks into the room where he just was. Why would you do that? Like, for all she she knows, it's been vaporized. And she walks in, and that transparent, like, of course, the transparent door closes right behind her. And then red, blue, and yellowish goop starts pouring out of the ceiling down the far wall. And this is a trap straight out of the Bond villain handbook. I believe she's been sentenced to death by quick creep. (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah it's never it's never established what this stuff is but yeah but it's it just snaps filling... a bench in half yeah yeah it it makes a bench explode yeah it's <laughs> it's certainly like this is the the trippiest like most 70s scene in this yeah movie. absolutely yeah. because especially when they have close-ups of her with just the goop falling behind her it looks so weird there's like mist but and... then when it cuts to a wide shot there's no mist but the wall that it's coming off of starts moving towards her, so I'm not sure the purpose of the goop or why it I, comes in Neapolitan what, flavor. <laughs> what what I think is that like maybe that was the effect was supposed to be more and more of it's coming down and it's starting to fill the room up. Like I think that's, but that's what they not were how trying that would work to do. At all it I, would fill up th- the floor. Yeah, yeah. But I think <laughs> that's what they were. Uh, they did it badly. Let's not. Let's it's not. So weird. Yeah, there's no illusions. They did it badly. But I think that's what they're trying to do. I don't know. Maybe we can. If I can find a link to this, I'll put it in the show notes so that you guys can judge for yourselves. Because yeah. I have no clue what was going on here. So she tries to break the door with like she scoops up some of the blue goop and tries to crack it, but. Uh, it doesn't work. And so instead she waits for the wall to get right up on her and braces her back against it and forces the transparent door to shatter with her legs. And I'm pretty sure this is another male stuntman that comes busting through. <laughs> but it's, I just kept thinking, oh, she's like digging her back into that goop. Like she, her outfit is going to be just disgusting after this. And then it's but then not. the next shot shows her back as she runs down a hallway and nope, totally perfectly clean. clean. <laughs> This was the weirdest scene in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still not, I'm not entirely sure. sure this scene actually happened and we didn't all have some shared dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched it happen twice. It's real, man. Oh man. It's That's real. That's unfortunate. Elsewhere, the donkey arrives at a cave. I half expected the rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail to hop out of the cave and bite its head off because <laughs> it looks so similar to that. One donkey goes in. Yeah. It walks in and then too many a, come out like a nearby cave. The same donkey walks out with three others. Like yeah. Decoy donkeys or donkoys. <laughs> oh my god. You are you are on the worst kind of roll, it's Ren. The low hanging fruit for all these jokes. <laughs> donkoys. So meanwhile, Jagger like now alien. now dressed like he's going on a safari is sitting on a rock smoking a cigarette, chatting with Angela. Uh, she tosses a couple of javelins to pass the time before the donkey shows up, and that is not a euphemism. 
<laughs> oh man, got a couple minutes. Guess I'll just toss a couple spears here and there. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that earlier that Angela is now like, as soon as Diana received word that Angela has left the island and is not to be trusted, Angela immediately teams up with the exact bad guy that Diana's facing yeah, off she's, against. Uh, she's Mr. Smith's bodyguard. Which is so, like, there's no establishing how these characters met or, like, yeah. it just seems like a total chance. Yeah, there's met. there's no way that they would know. There's no reason for them to know each other or, like, know of each other even. Yeah, it's like, we want Diana to join our... T- oh, 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 another Amazon. Never mind. We don't need her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfectly convenient. Thank God. Oh, but this is the next uh, bet in the scene because they is. bet uh they bet five dollars no and, 50 oh yeah that's right they bet 50 dollars and then they bet uh five thousand dollars because they like they throw the javelins around for a second blah 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 but then yeah they see the donkey coming down they see wonder woman riding the yes donkey. wonder woman rides a donkey in this movie yeah folks. <laughs> that's like, all you need to know oh that's where we're which at. is one of the one of the great panels from the comic book that fans were clamoring for was the sight <laughs> of Wonder Woman at the, the, donkey. At the bottom of the Grand Canyon on the back of a donkey wearing saddlebags. <laughs> Wonder Woman at the bottom of the Grand Canyon riding a donkey with saddlebags with blonde hair and a completely different costume. Ren, draw that panel. Let's get to it. I know, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, Angela tries to like knock Wonder Woman off the donkey with a javelin. I don't think she's trying to knock her off. I think she's trying to kill her. Well, he says like he says knock her off, but I mean, clearly it's implied to kill her. Like, yeah, I mean it's a it. spear. Yeah, there's not, there's no way you can really knock someone off something with a spear without just <laughs> without, spearing you them. You don't. Yeah, you don't just like boop something with a spear. <laughs> so she throws it and cut to commercial. <laughs> they would, yeah. <laughs> stripe wipe <laughs> stripe wipe so when the movie returns wonder woman just catches the ga- the javelin and tosses it right back at angela's feet she approaches the two and tries to avoid a fight but angela says they have no choice because the plot demands it damn it <laughs> <laughs> I, we have no choice yeah notice wonder woman didn't go why don't we have a choice because that would have completely unraveled the entire betrayal aspect of this movie because yeah, she's like there, uh, there's no other way you and i both know it well there is you could not do this at all for no reason yeah like no established reason i'm clearly going to beat you because i'm the main character but okay let's fight so they spar with the javelins and it's laughably choreographed and filmed oh and this is the only i would call this the only significant fight scene in the movie it is and it is still so slow you have one significant fight scene in your movie and you can't make it any kind of good i mean there are only even there are i think two wide shots of them actually fighting yeah yeah it does this weird thing where the the shots of them fighting are only like very close up and so like you see uh you'll see diana like lunge with a spear and you'll see uh uh, Angela. Angela, yeah. You'll see Angela dodge it in a well, shot focusing on her, but you won't ever see both of them in the same shot except for maybe twice. What I was going to say is even the close-ups are not matched up yeah. properly at all. Angela will, like, stab at Wonder Woman, and then it'll show Wonder Woman, like, stabbing at her without any sort of, like, <laughs> yeah, deflecting. The, the editing in this movie is horrific. At one point... <laughs> it is piss poor. Uh, Mick Fawcett, George... Uh, names a gun 
I could have said Farrah I would have Jagger. gone with Farrah Jagger. Yeah. That's more recognizable <laughs> what you're saying. Okay. Mick Fawcett? Mick Sounds like Mick Foley. Like the wrestler. Like Mick Fawcett sounds like he stumbled off another set, too. In, <laughs> in Hollywood. Mick well, Fawcett. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Farrah Jagger aims his gun at uh, Wonder Woman at one point. Point blank range. Fires and just nothing happens. Is well, she... An- Angela knocks it out of the way with her oh, javelin. Oh, to make see, it a I didn't fair get fight. that either. Yeah, I, I was like, paying attention yeah. because it was so stupid. Yeah, he, yeah she I, turns I around and Star totally... Wars aim. I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Keep in mind that that revolver makes an actual gun noise in this scene. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, take so, note of that here. Yeah. So, uh, log it. Angela slaps the gun out of his hand and uh, yells, tells him to take the donkey and leave. <laughs> So he, he picks up the gun, grabs the donkey, and walks away. And Wonder Woman is mostly on the defense, the defense after this, but uh, she manages to beat Angela. Breaks the spear in half. And yeah. This sets up. Angela was supposed to be a recurring villain in the uh, TV show. Apparently. Yeah, because Angela says, "Hey, just so you know, we're gonna meet again, and next time we're gonna fight again." And every time we meet, we're going to fight until I win and I kill you. And then Wonder Woman's just like, okay, uh, yeah. will you tell me where they are? And Angela's just like, oh, yeah, girlfriend, no problem. They're right yeah, there. It has something to do with, like, Amazonian tradition. Yeah. That because she lost the fight, she owes her a life debt. <laughs> Is she Chewbacca? <laughs> no, she's Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> and so Misa Angela. Pretty much every character that isn't Diana... Uh, What's his name? Hispanic bad guy, uh, or <laughs> Mr. Mick, Smith, or Mick, Mr. Smith, yeah, or Mick Jagger. Pretty Eagle much, they're weaving? all Jar Jars in this movie. They really, they're are. completely superfluous. <laughs> and so, to settle her life debt, she has to tell Wonder Woman where they're taking the donkey. And um, suddenly, a helicopter carrying the donkey comes flying by, <laughs> just at the end of a row. <laughs> and I think it's really a helicopter carrying a donkey. Like this movie is officially worth it. <laughs> I was like, I've rewound it so many times. Like, no, I think that's a real donkey. No, yeah, oh the donkey God. is like, you can see like his tail doing stuff and like his <laughs> hooves kind of twitching. No, they straight up strapped a donkey to a helicopter. This is where all the money went. <laughs> Strapping a donkey to a helicopter <laughs> with no safety. There's one strap holding this donkey and it's just wrapped around its waist. Yeah, it's the, it's very like, you could donkeys... just call it a harness. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, you could only just call it a harness like PETA I'm sure if they were formed at this point I'm sure that there was like an actual like seizure at the PETA headquarters oh, over man. watching this I hope donkeys. they knocked this thing out before they took it flying <laughs> do donkeys have wastes I don't like, abdomen abdomen yeah like do just they have like thoraxes I don't know I wouldn't call it a waste I don't think just like a middle part the middle, the middle piece of the know. donkey. The middle of the donkey. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. So it, anyway, uh, because um, Wonder Woman beat her, she has to tell her where they're taking the donkey. That's when that happens. And uh, Angela walks away to become a series regular on the series that never actually happened. And uh, she tells her that they're taking the donkey to a mushroom-shaped rock at the edge of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> hmm. That rock did not look like a mushroom to me. 
Sounds like they saved that prop from a Flintstones parody of another sort. <laughs> I think they brought it over from that same set we've been talking about. With movie. Mick Fawcett. God. In the Vaseline cameras. <laughs> oh, God, this recording button's so gummy. <laughs> so, Ew. so at the mushroom-shaped rock, Jagger presses a button to open a hidden elevator door to the Bond villain lair within the canyon wall. Someone please tell me why Mr. Smith needs $15 million. He's got a lair in, built inside the Grand Canyon. <laughs> inside of a national monument? <laughs> with an elevator in it. Like, Hey, man, money's money. The more you have, the more powerful you yeah, are. Ask for more than $15 that million. That guy looks man. like he has way more than $15 million at his disposal. Yeah, that guy's a billionaire. Why yes. the hell does he need $15 million? Who knows? So Jagger arrives in his boss's office and unloads the money. Unfortunately for him, he dropped a gum wrapper outside, which Wonder Woman finds. Unfortunately for her, he pops up right behind her with his revolver. Everyone's got teleportation superpowers. In oh this movie. yes! Cue the stripe wipe. <laughs> uh, when we return from the commercial break, Jagger leads her into the boss's office. Keep in mind the donkey is still just chilling in there too. <laughs> like there's just a donkey on set for all of this. Um, Mr. Smith finally reveals his face, and nobody is surprised. It's Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, which, which, we've, which we've known since, like, the first the 20 first moment seconds of this spoke. movie. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing I noticed when, because I was expecting Ricardo Montalban to be a little older now. Yeah. That dude was so handsome. He really is. It's oh, for sure, super dude. Stupid. He's charming as hell, too, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. He's all smiles and, like, Can I beat no. Ricardo Montalban? Please? We'll, no. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. Gene splicing, put my brain in his body. Figure it out, America. So Mr. Smith finally reveals... Oh, I already said all of that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Jagger is extremely upset that they aren't just killing Wonder Woman, but Mr. Smith tells him to STFU and go fuel the helicopter. Wonder Woman explains that she was able to track the correct donkey due to its unique hooves. Which, I looked this up. That's not a thing. Really? Horses don't have, like, unique hooves. Yeah, prints? as far as I could find, that's not a thing. Then my next guess was maybe the a the ass hose were unique or something. <laughs> <laughs> the ass hose. But I know for a fact that hooves themselves are not unique like fingerprints. They all, are just hooves. All I was thinking is this donkey has officially played too big a role in the plot of this movie. But uh, Wonder Woman and Mr. Smith joke about her invisible jet, which I can't help but feel should have been ignored for this movie and removed from Wonder Woman canon entirely uh, decades ago. Oh, for I'm sure. I'm going to be honest. I've, I have read hundreds of comic books in my days, but I haven't read a lot of 1960s, 70s Wonder Woman. So I thought the invisible jet was like made up for the Linda Carter show. No, it's. Oh, it's no, dude. Thing. Yeah. That it, is stupid. What's weird is that her powers vary greatly in the comics. Like, yeah. sometimes she can fly, sometimes she can't. She can just, like, leap really far. Um, and sometimes she has an invisible jet to get around. Yeah. Which, man, like, it has, It just doesn't fit the character at all. And yeah. It's just silly. Yeah, but, it's, it seems... It just, yeah, it doesn't seem like... I mean, comic books are stupid, 
like if you're not like if you don't suspend your disbelief for comic books, they're dumb. Yeah. Like, a lot of dumb stuff happens in yeah. there. But, like, Wonder Woman has... I feel like Wonder Woman has always been portrayed as pretty dang serious, and that seems not very serious. Yeah, it just doesn't fit anything. Yeah, absolutely. What Wonder Woman is, is she is a demigod. She was formed from clay by her mother, Hippolyta, and then brought to life by Zeus on the Isle of Themyscira. Uh, she was raised in the Amazon Society, a secret society clouded from the rest of the world practically in its own pocket dimension and she has an invisible jet <laughs> especially for this where she doesn't have superpowers so you're removing like a supernatural element from this for the most part yeah. i was thinking that same thing i was thinking that same thing it seems so silly like why is there magic and stuff or like not necessarily magic but like an invisible yeah, jet an invisible in 1974 jet. okay like, anyway he leads her to a cave to show off his helicopter hangar for no reason, and they just spend a lot of time like walking around and having a nice conversation together. Yeah, they basically. drink some wine and yeah. There, there's nothing menacing about. He this smokes man. forty cigars. He's a generous host. This whole how do you time. think he got that rich chocolate? Which, voice? mind you, I'm saying that it's it is uh, it is silly, but it is played extraordinarily well. It like, really is. Like, he he does a phenomenal job of being anything, that weird, like charming kind of menacing. You know, yeah. Everyone in this a great actor. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone in the movie is hitting on her relentlessly in creepy ways, but his comes off so like less creepy than everybody. Absolutely. Else. Like yeah. he has genuine respect for her. I really and can't help but just kind of yeah be sort of every every sweet nothing or something. I every, didn't even get the sense that he was actually like flirting with her so much he's as just, just, he's just that her. way he yeah. admires her he's she's like, admirable yeah. yeah yeah okay i can feel so, that so um when they return to his office he realizes she's only wearing one bracelet now whereas before she was wearing two apparently the other bra- bracelet was a bomb and the helicopter hanger explodes <laughs> And Joey and Cass and Jagger just barely make it out. And by just barely make it out, we mean not are thrown through the door, but run through the door and then jump once they're on the other side of it. Pretty much. They were trying to mime that they were thrown through the door, but it's just, it's literally they jump on camera. Like you yeah. see them jump. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not It's pretty well. stupid. Yeah. Um, so Diana takes off with the money and the stolen books. And just as she's about to leave the cave, the bad guys run up behind her with guns. She has to return the money, but Mr. Smith lets her keep the books and spares her life, much to Jagger's dismay. They lock her out with a big glass door and walk back in. And uh, Oh, and Jagger also tries to kill her again. This whole movie, he is like hitting on her relentlessly and wants to have sex with her, but also threatening to kill her in every single scene, too. It's the weirdest. Like, it really makes him seem like a creep. Oh, which, uh, this is very... It's an effective bad guy. Yeah, like, if you were thinking of, like, the seediest parts of the 1970s and, like, the, like, sexual revolution, this is it right this here. This whole movie is it. Farrah Jagger, he, he's at the top of the list. Yes. He's gross. Mick Fawcett is raining down <laughs> over the list. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm Mick Fawcett. So, um... Yeah, this this uh, big glass door locks her out. And it looks and, like uh, a window. Like it's paned and everything. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. like a garage door, but with <laughs> windows instead of door. Like panels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then she soon discovers that she's trapped between the glass door and another like transparent door at the mouth of the cave. Which in Oh, go ahead. I was just going to skip to the next. Oh, so the, the I want to make sure to clarify that this is very clearly a matte painting, and it's one of the worst matte oh, paintings man. I have oh, ever seen. God. It looks like 
the Roadrunner yeah, and the Coyote. Yeah, she runs into a full Wiley Coyote style. Runs the into the end cave. of this cave. <laughs> <laughs> so inside, Mr. Smith makes sure the donkey goes to a nice family who could use it, and he takes his leave. Jagger is left to pay Cass and Joey, but he shoots him instead because he's a jerk. He is a jerk. And his gun, his revolver. Oh, that's right. This is it. Sounds like it has a silencer attached to it, but not even like a... It sounds almost like a knockoff blaster from Star Wars. It's just sort of... Yeah. And oh, he's no. clearly not shooting anything in the scene, yeah. too. Wait. His face doesn't wince properly or Wait, anything. no, dude. That's the cliche. That's the silencer gun sound. Like, the one that's Is been it? used by Hollywood for decades. Yeah, I that thought it sounded not, like, way that, like, worse. Choo, choo, it's not he, real at all. That he fires out of a revolver, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it looks exactly the same as the scene that he had it before. It's yeah. Just, it's stupid. And yet it makes a different sound. This sound designer, he deserves to be fired. And maybe drawn and quartered. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So outside Wonder Woman removes her bracelet and using some rope from her belt. This is the closest we get to the magic lasso. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it is, it's golden and it's rope. But, uh, but it's retractable. Yeah. And it's inside her belt. It's like she's it's a mountain climber. It's her utility climber. belt. It's her utility belt. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's Brucette Wayne. <laughs> so she creates a grappling hook to climb over the window through an opening above. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Smith prepares to make his escape in an inflatable raft on a river inside the cave. Jagger shows up demanding all of the money, and Mr. Smith hits him with some blinding gas from the saddlebag. <laughs> when he had time to install this, I don't know. No, no, no. It's uh, it's stated uh, earlier that it was installed by uh, uh, Stephen Trevor and uh, Bob because uh, Steven says, how do you activate the gas? And the general, the dude oh, with the big bulb right. snow says, hit oh. it really hard. I totally like just blanked out on their conversation. <laughs> it was pretty hard to not blank out yeah. during a lot of parts of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. Anyway, he uses that gas to blind Jagger and um, pushes Jagger, him in the water. He falls into the water oh, and well. he drowns because yeah. he's a jerk who can't swim. Yeah, he yells, can't swim. And I don't know, but oh, uh, Mr. Smith is like, oh, really? You cannot <laughs> swim, George? Well, that's okay. Toot, toot, as he sails away. <laughs> and then gets in a dinghy. Ricardo <laughs> yeah. Montalban it's is an wearing. Inflatable, yeah, yeah, it's an inflatable. Acclaimed rat. actor Ricardo Montalban he's gets wearing, into a dinghy. <laughs> it's a snow white suit. And he's in a rubber dinghy as he sailing down as he smokes a cigar, sailing down the Colorado River because they're in the Grand Canyon. No, is it, it's in Nevada where they are. No, they go back to the Grand Canyon because that's where the Mushroom Rock is. Oh, OK. You're right. I think part of the Grand Canyon's in Nevada, though. I don't Grand Canyon's huge. I didn't know I part know. of it was in Colorado. My, uh, my my girlfriend is saying yes, but we none of us know anything about geography. Well, so. The Colorado River, I know for sure, <laughs> is what flows through the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and I know that for sure because I'm from Arizona and I've been a few times. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, Mr. Smith paddles away. Wonder Woman makes her way inside, realizes Mr. Smith has escaped on the river, and takes off after him on a conveniently placed dirt bike. Thank God there was a dirt bike sitting in a beautiful multi-million dollar office. Yeah, his main office. (laughs) She, this is another stunt double, and I'm pretty sure it's just Evil Knievel. Think about it. looks exactly like Evil Knievel. It's a stark white bike with a stark white helmet and then star-spangled spandex. Yeah, the the stars and stripes don't help at all for that. (laughs) But, uh, 
yeah, she she leaps off this bridge into the river, and uh, Mr. Smith is just paddling along when she pops up in the water next to him, and she tells him, you came close, Abner. And he doesn't even get <laughs> mad. He just goes... He smiles. Okay. Yeah, he's All like, right. well, it's like that, well, I respect you kind Yeah, he of smiles thing. and yeah. shrugs and just gives up. <laughs> and there's a weird level, there's just a weird level of mutual respect here that's hard to hate on. Yeah. Like, in the next scene, he's being handcuffed by the cops, and she has his suit jacket draped over her to keep, like, over her shoulders to keep her warm after being in the water. And uh, she lights his cigar for him, and he, like, clasps his hands around hers. <laughs> And he tells her he loves her, and she smiles as he's led away. Mind you, she lights the cigar that the police officers allow him to smoke in the police car. Yeah, yeah. He even, like, one of the cops tries to, like, manhandle him a little bit and grab his arm, and he just stops and just stares at the cop, and the cop lets go of his arm. Look, the <laughs> cops he... are just happy he's not trying to do cocaine in the back. That's true. Much. It's 1974. Let's be realistic. <laughs> And she actually, she looks really cute here with her wet hair wearing his jacket, I think. I was like, aw. Rin got, Rin developed a little bit of a, a little bit of a retroactive crush here. I really did. I was like, man, she's adorable. <laughs> and she is that, she's that way the whole movie where she's just like really genuinely nice yeah. to people. And she, she seems like, like that she would be nice in real life. Like she would yeah. just be a sweet person. She has that kind of face. You know she what I mean? She really does. Yeah. Um, cut to Steve and Diana standing in Steve's office and she's scheduling appointments for him, typical secretary stuff. And as she goes to leave, he asks her about her dentist appointment and that's pretty much it. Yeah. He asks about the dentist appointment in a totally knowing way, which leads me to say, this is the least secret identity maybe in the history of secret identities. I mean, she shows up in France at the hotel in civilian clothes, not even wearing her costume, and Farrah Fawcett number two calls uh, Farrah Jagger and says, hey, Wonder Woman's here. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I just... it's If anything, Wonder Woman's more of like a code name than it is yeah, a superhero Yeah, she's like name. a secret agent almost. Yeah. I, yeah, Rin was correct earlier in saying this was a spy movie through and through oh, this yeah, was it's... this was so james bond through Espionage. a ton of it yeah absolutely they did, uh, um uh captain america uh winter soldier before captain america winter soldier did it because uh captain america winter soldier is sort of like i mean it's a captain america movie but it's sort of a spy political thriller sort of film and this is trying to be similar yeah but yeah captain america winter soldier is a good movie yeah and this is not even a movie almost yeah <laughs> yeah it's a very long episode of television all right well so there's yeah there's a stripe wipe and it, that closes and it out to credits we go that's the movie okay uh, now we've got you know our end cap yes where are we um, starting first of all the drinking game for this movie oh oh yeah drink anytime a wager is made <laughs> uh drink anytime jagger fails to kill wonder woman or have her killed or whenever they cut to commercial just and you will be good and drunk by the end of this. If movie. you play this drinking game, just call in sick to work. Yeah. If you want to do, if in fact, if you want to do pro mode on this drinking game, drink anytime that they have a transition that you think looks stupid because they also have that weird, like, like blurry, like blur between shots transition. Yeah. It's and like it a looks, quick zoom in or a quick zoom yeah, out. And it looks, out of focus. it looks stupid. It's like seventies. <laughs> 
filming at its worst. Yeah, it's really, really, really bad. A uh, quick disclaimer, the hosts of the Superhero Fatigue podcast are not legally responsible for any alcohol poisoning related deaths following the release of this episode. Absolutely. Stay safe, folks. Because if they play Ish. the way you want them to play, they're going to die. <laughs> they won't <laughs> die. They'll come close. We do Prompt need to start playing these drinking games that we've come up with like the ones the we're telling one everybody one. else to play yeah um and then last episode i uh talked about a fake award that i give out to certain characters in my dad's name um and so for this movie the danny goes to the donkey <laughs> <laughs> that thing was a real sport to get carried around in a helicopter and walk all over the place i know that that donkey there there had to have been some quaaludes in their donkey feed to get that stupid <laughs> thing to go up in the air <laughs> other than that though there were no like really notable human characters <laughs> yeah, at not. All that didn't play a major part i mean um so yeah i guess let's uh go ahead and do who we thought gave the best performance all right so in my opinion, which I think this might be a common thread. I haven't talked to anybody else first. Um, my best performance was absolutely Abner Smith, who murdered every line of dialogue he was given, murdered every bit of characterization he was given. I thought he did an awesome But job. murdered in a good way? Yeah. Th- like, okay. I mean, when I say murdered, I mean killed it, not stomped it into the ground. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean he ate the scenery. He didn't hate in Christensen it. He, uh... Yeah. <laughs> and not just the lines. But the movements <laughs> and the blocking too. <laughs> They're editors, and I slaughtered them like editors. I hate them. Uh, for me, my best performance actually goes to Kathy Lee Crosby. Really? Going really? into this movie, I really had always kind of had this perception of it, or maybe heard people on the internet or something talking about it. Like it's just terrible. She's like a blonde Wonder Woman. She doesn't look right for the part, and all this stuff. But I think she really nailed the personality of the character where she's just got this genuine sweetness about her and uh, she's a strong-willed woman. Like, I, I thought she did a really great job. I've, I've always thought of Wonder Woman as a little more, like, confrontational, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not, not like, mean, but, like, a little more... Uh, well, they say at the beginning of the movie that she is supposed to embody, like, uh, women, like, they're... Uh, what is it that her mom tells her as they're as she's leaving the island like basically like the sweetness or something of, of women like the kind nature and everything so in that regard i think that she totally i guess i see that i guess you've, properly you've 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 swayed my opinion a little bit <laughs> what about that. you christian oh ricardo montalban yeah, yeah, yeah. sing baby it was a tough call between those two for me <laughs> ricardo montalban is the defining character in my favorite episode of Star Trek, my favorite Star Trek movie, and I thought he was the defining character in this film, too. Yeah, I really, for me, what it came down to is that he plays Ricardo Montalban in this. That's and she true. plays yeah. like she plays Wonder Woman. Hmm. But I totally see where you're coming from, and it really was a tough choice. Uh, what about worst performance, Jake? Oh, my worst performance was Angela, yes. which I picked her mostly because... She didn't give much of a performance. She was barely a character. Uh, but then more importantly, every time that she was on the camera, 
it was like it was like Wonder Woman had the lines written on her forehead and she was reading them off of them. They were given with like no affection. They were given with no character. It was awful. So she solidly gets my worst character award. That was my choice too. Anitra Ford. I think yeah. that she did. She was my choice. Yeah. Terrible job. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. It was a lot of posing and doing eyes at the camera. Yeah. yeah well, because she, she was nailed, a model. She, yeah. She nailed the bedroom eyes, and that is it. Yeah. <laughs> she looked great, but <laughs> yeah, that's, she that's cannot. It. She could not act apparently. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's do our recast. Oh yes. All right. So for Wonder Woman, uh, so just as an intro, in case this is your first episode, we will recast. Um, we'll recast the movie uh, with current, you know, actors who are still acting, as if it were being made today. Yeah. yeah. So for my Wonder Woman, I picked Kristen Ritter, um, and I picked her mostly. I know that she was already in. A super thing, and that's why I really didn't want to pick her. But I think that she has a really good, like, she has a real, like, strength about her expressions and, like, a strength about her face. And I think that, especially since she's already got a good track record with doing, with, like, fight choreography and stuff like that. I don't know. I think that she would be a good female superhero. The only reason that doesn't make sense to me is that Kristen Ritter plays a bitch in everything, and Wonder Woman is such a sweet lady. <laughs> I mean, she well, was I mean, literally, it, but, she was in a show called Don't trust the bitch in apartment but, 23 but that's and that's, she was the bitch character that's what i was saying to you earlier is that i think that wonder woman was i think that she there was some like good sweetness in this and i think that that's necessary but when i think of wonder woman that's not the first thing that i think of like i think yeah. of somebody who's like you know she's strong and she's well, right, assertive but you and, have to you know, remember you're not casting the right wonder woman you're casting the right wonder woman for this specific well i wonder thought this woman would have role. made that movie better <laughs> and I don't care about that because that's my opinion. Okay. Next one. Uh, okay. So my next one for Abner is I have two that I couldn't decide between uh, because one of them might be a little bit racist. Uh, the one I, one of them is Andy Garcia because I think that he has a good affable face. I can totally see uh, that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that he can play that. He's, he's maybe not quite as like charming, but I think he does like the kind of father-like affable, you know, I think he does that really well. Um, my other one, which I actually didn't write down, but thought of while we were doing this, uh, which might be a little racist, uh, is George Hamilton (laughs) because he has the persona. Absolutely. But he's also not Hispanic, although he's played quite a few Hispanic characters in his life considering he, yeah, he looks like a burnt French fry. And so he's, yeah, he's played lots of Hispanic characters. And I think that that, like, I think he embodies the suaveness a little bit more and like, uh, Garcia embodies like the the like niceness a little bit more. So I don't know. Um, next we have, uh, Angela, Angela, whatever. Um, I picked Milana Vaintrub, the AT&T girl. And I don't know what else she's been in. And I picked her because her, she's spent, she's made an entire career out of being beautiful and brunette. And that's all Angela Uh, does in this entire movie. She's actually, she's got, she's going to be the lead in a uh, superhero show on uh, ABC Freeform. Playing Squirrel Girl. Up. Yeah, she's oh, playing Squirrel Girl. Oh, that's Girl. right. I completely forgot. Yeah, she's going to be a new warrior. Speedball's oh. going to be there. A bunch of other stupid, shitty characters. Nobody wants I'm to so see her I'm so excited about there. seeing a live-action Squirrel Girl. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yay. <laughs> but hey, congratulations. I collect that comic book, and it's hilarious. I Con- love it. Congratulations, Milana. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. If yeah. you ever listen to this podcast, good on you. Uh, she was pretty good in the first season of uh, Netflix's Love. She played uh, the 
I haven't watched that, but I it's been watched, recommended. I haven't watched it either. It's good. Uh, it's got uh, Britta from uh, yeah. Jillian Jacobs and then Community. Yeah. The dude, I don't remember his name. The only movie I remember him from, except for Love, is uh, I Love You, Beth Cooper with Hayden Panettiere. Oh, God. Which is horrible. Whoa. I hate that movie. I like I Love You, Beth Cooper. I like parts of I Love You, Beth Cooper. I thought it was fine. So who did you cast as George? Uh, I cast... Jagger, for those who are confused at home. (laughs) Uh, For Jagger, uh, I... I was getting away from him looking like Mick Jagger, and I was trying to pick somebody who was, like, handsome, but, like, looked kind of, like, intense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and I have – we discussed this earlier, and I've completely forgotten how to pronounce his last name. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, Cam uh, – what is his? Gigande. Gigande. Yeah, yeah G- Cam Gigande from uh, – you may re- – he's been in a few things, but you may remember him as a one-season kind of half-villain from the OC. <laughs> uh, but – uh, maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll put a picture of him in the show notes or something like that. But man, uh, I thought I think that just like there's something about his face where like he does like a good. He, yeah, he's he, a solid villain. He was in Twilight too. Oh, villain. I didn't know that. See, nothing that sounds good or credible. But yeah, I had I had to take right. an actual class on Twilight in college, and I did not. Uh, I did not Man. remember that. I was rec- that was a core requirement. I'm not even kidding. Was that Amarillo College? No, that was Abilene Christian University. Go Wildcats! <laughs> <laughs> Both would have made sense for that. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think that I think that he plays like Steely, like he plays like uh, kind of like a bad like a bad boy that girls want really really well. And I thought that he would just gel well with the writing for sure. I can totally see that. Cookie, give it. Wait. Oh wait, do you want to go? Yeah. Okay, Ren. We'll let Christian go last. Okay. Just because that's the order we've been going in. Okay. Hit it, Ren. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to do mine in the opposite order somewhat, or maybe mixed up from yours. Uh, I was trying to cast mostly television actors for this, just because it is a TV movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. So, first one up I've got on here is George, and I cast Bill Skarsgård, who... Okay. He's only... The only thing I know that he's been in is a Netflix show. He's probably about to blow up a little bit because he's got a famous family and he's playing the clown in the It remake. Oh, he's playing It in It. But he's outside Pennywise. of the, the makeup and stuff, the clown makeup, he uh, is like a handsome guy. Yeah. But he's just got the creepiest, like, darkest eyes. I, well, because he's know a Skarsgård. Oh. They're all scary. That <laughs> is like Jagger's main <laughs> defining feature is that he's got creepy eyes. Yeah. Um, and then, so for Angela, I said Alexis Bledel. She's mostly just stuck with television <laughs> because work. Alexis Bledel has existed in every show she was in. She looks somewhat similar to this actress, too. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. uh, she's a brunette, and all she has to do for this role is stand there and look pretty, unfortunately. But, oh. <laughs> um, so I had to look up who she Chris was. Chris is looking up a picture of her right yeah. now. Yeah. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, Rory. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rory Gilmore. Okay. And for Abner Smith, I said Nestor Carbonell. Ooh, Ooh, good one. See, he was on. I love Nestor. He Carbonell. was on Lost. Yeah, he was. And whenever before Star Trek Into Darkness came out, people were there was a rumor that Khan was going to be the villain in it, yeah. and they were wondering yeah. who would play Khan. And because he had previously worked on a J.J. Abrams-produced television show mm-hmm. and looks s- 
somewhat similar to Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. Everyone was and is a great actor. Expecting that he would be the one. Yeah. No, and, instead uh, they got a white British dude. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, I like Benedict. He's a great villain. He's not a great con. Yeah. Um, great. But yeah, Nestor Carbonell, I think would be perfect for it. And fun fact, I've actually met Nestor Carbonell in real life. Oh my! And God. this guy is a sweetheart. Hi, my name's Renan. I got to meet Richard Shut Alpert. Shut yeah. up! I did. I did Shut hear up. about this a few times when <laughs> Renan got back from Dallas from doing all of this. Yeah, I, I went would to love like to a meet horror him. television show movie convention, and he was there promoting uh, the last little bit of Bates Motel. Ooh, who else did you meet, Ren? Anyway. Let's not go into he, that. Uh, yeah, we don't have time for that. Anyway, he, yeah, he's just a genuinely nice guy, yeah. and I think that he could totally play this part of a genuinely nice bad guy. Yeah, I get that. I get um, that. And so finally for Wonder Woman, I said uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Okay. From oh, uh, that's a Big good Bang one. Theory. And literally my only reasons for doing that are, one, she's a television star. Two, she dressed up as a blonde Wonder Woman on The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and three, she played a lot of uh, tennis when she was growing up and oh actually was God. like a regional champion. And so <laughs> so I think that she would be uh, a pretty nice uh, replacement for uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. A pretty ideal replacement. Yeah. <laughs> Considering she's lived her life. <laughs> okay. So it's all cookie now. I'm gonna save uh, Wonder Woman, and Mr. Smith, for my last two. Okay. So for Angela, I went with uh, Rosie Huntington Whitley. Who I, do either of you know who she is? I know who that is. She's she got the was, big lips. Yeah, she was the love interest in uh, Transformers Three. Oh no. Yeah, because just because she's an actress who's, or she's a model who's not a good actress. So That's so she had perfect. to be in the Transformers series. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> That's perfect for that role. For George. <laughs> Jagger, I went with uh, Josh Myers, Seth Myers' little brother who played Randy in the last season of that 70s show. Oh. Just because, I mean. Man, what a resume that is. He's been in other stuff, and he's a good actor, and he could really play the menacing pretty well. Yeah. And he's also handsome because the Meyer boys are handsome. I I guess I. You know who else I just thought of that would be good for it is Michael C. Hall. Oh, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I was thinking he, of Michael Anthony Hall for a second. Yeah, and I Michael, was like, Have Michael you yeah. Hall has seen... been an, he's made a career out of playing people exactly like that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say him instead of uh, Bill Skarsgård. No, no okay. offense. Actually, no offense to Michael C. Hall <laughs> for that. Uh, for uh, Wonder Woman, I went with Maria Sharapova. Oh my God. I seriously thought of that myself, dude. <laughs> She's blonde and a tennis player. And I don't think Kathy Lee Crosby's that good of an actress. Thank God I put all of that thought into that, you bastards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was casting this movie. You were casting your ideal Wonder Woman movie. No, no, no. Right? I was casting my ideal version of this movie, which, and then, in, which, in which a character is different. I think my Mr. Smith... I think it's definitely better than yours, Jacob, and I think it might be better than yours, Ren. Okay. This, I is, picked, this is what this is the type of things that Christian loves to say. I picked the Ricardo Montalban <laughs> of twenty seventeen. And so I went with Antonio Banderas. Oh. Because he's charming, he's smooth, he can be nice, he's got he the He could accent. absolutely play this part. I thought you were going to say the most interesting man in the world. No, that I, actor. I, I actually, he was my second pick for that, that before guy, I thought of George Hamilton. For people who have not watched this movie, and it, please don't if you haven't, um, 
that is exactly the character of Mr. Smith. He is the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. Just super suave, yeah. rich, and But I would also badass. recast the most interesting man in the world commercials with Antonio Banderas. I want to see Antonio Banderas in more things. I'll do, I just love him. He's had his... I mean, he's a good actor, but he's had I his time. I want to hear his he had rich... A, he had plenty of good For roles. the longest time, I just... I thought, man, why do you not just, like, stick to being, like, a model or something? Because you're clearly just, like, posing and, and like, using your... your Spanish voice or whatever. To, I want yeah. his like, rich, I guess maybe he's all about seduction. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a better voice actor than he is an actor-actor. Well, no, I mean, but Puss honestly, Boots is a fun character from the Shrek movies. Yeah, that's what and I mean. That's I think that he is actually a really fantastic actor, too. If you go back and watch, like, Mask of Zorro, he mm-hmm. totally kills comedic or, timing, uh, action scenes, everything in that Once movie. Upon a Time in Mexico is a more serious role that I thought he really nailed. Oh, I, I love yeah. that movie, and if, actually. And now <laughs> that he's getting older, he'll play, like... Uh, fathers and movies and stuff yeah and he yeah. really does a great job and i mean it, it, he's at the perfect age now to play mr smith because this was an older ricardo montalban yeah. he was in his 50s or 60s when yeah. this movie came out so so okay last oh wait uh include a character oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. jakey okay so i would include artemis from the comic books okay if, if only because i think that wonder woman in this movie uh, I think she needs, like, a more competent ally. Like, all of her allies in this movie seem just completely inept. And I feel like Artemis would be a good addition because it would give, like, uh, it would give her, you know, an Amazonian to, to kind of be on her side. And more so uh, because I think that, you know, they cut the powers from this show just in case, you know, or because she had had her powers cut in the comics. And I think that uh, had they ever brought the powers back in the comics and decided to bring them back in the show, I think having Artemis have her powers... And kind of being able to introduce that to the viewer would have been a cool thing, and it would have been a really like smooth way to do it. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, agree. I like that. Uh, for me, I said Giganta. She was one of the villains on the whole like '70s Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. Super cheesy and everything. And uh, I'm just imagining the graphics for it, like the 50 oh, foot tall woman, <laughs> old movies like that, where it's just like someone superimposed yeah. in the same scene as someone else to make them look huge. I just think it would be hilarious and I would it would be totally fitting with this show. <laughs> I uh, I went with uh, Priscilla Rich, who uh, is the original Cheetah in the comics. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, Cheetah right now, the, mo- the more iconic looking one who looks like she's a Cheetah, she's got spotted skin and everything. Yeah. That's Barbara Ann Minerva. She's got superpowers and everything. The original Cheetah, Priscilla Rich. And, I mean, there were a couple ones in between them. One of them was Priscilla Rich's niece, I think. But uh, she didn't have superpowers. She just dressed up in a Cheetah outfit and was good at fighting and stuff. I think she was on Super Friends, too. Yeah. And that's how she looks. Similar to uh, Wonder Woman in this movie. So I feel like yeah. she would make a good foil. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. All right, guys. All pretty appropriate choices. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's rate oh, this. Last rate but it. not least, let's rate it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I wrote 2 out of 10 for a movie, 6 out of 10 for a 70s God. TV pilot. You have to complicate it. Yeah. We talked about one scale, Jacob. Nope. One rating scale. Nope. Because it's different. It's different. If it's, it's different if you're watching it as a movie or if you're watching it as a TV pilot. It is different. I'm going to say Jacob gets a 1 out of 10 for this podcast, but a 10 out of 10 for uh, friendship. Thanks. <laughs> 3 out of 10 for roommateness. <laughs> I cleaned the house today. We're sitting in the clean living room. That's me. <laughs> oh, 
man. Yeah, but it smells like gasoline in here. Now. That's because I also put gas in the mower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for me, I've just got one scale and done. One and done. Um, I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. I think that um, I don't know. It's just it's more competent in plot than the last movie that we watched. Maybe just because of that, it's like fresh on my mind. And yeah, I'm thinking, okay. But at the end of the day, it's not a good movie, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. And I feel like four is generous. It's generous, yeah. It's, generous. <laughs> I mean, it's still not rated as high as because you rated Batman eight out of ten. Yeah, which because Batman's a fun, enjoyable movie. And yeah, the plot was the only thing that yeah. dragged that one down because yeah. I felt like everything else was tonally perfect for what it was. Yeah. Um, and I've seen, I've already watched. We're not going to say it, but I've already watched the next movie that we're going to review. And well, we can announce it at the end. Well, we didn't last time. Yeah, oh, yeah it's fine. True. Yeah, we'll okay. keep you guys in the dark. Um. Anyway, I I really felt like that the. Uh, that movie, the next one, is so much worse. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. Anyway, Christian, what okay. do you rank? Uh, my rating, one and done. Not because I'm a simpleton, Jacob, but because <laughs> I'm refined <laughs> and I don't complicate things. Ask any chef. Simplicity in the kitchen? Then why don't you just rate what it? What is it? Then why don't you just rate it at a two, Christian? <laughs> hmm? Tell us. I gave it a three out of ten because I'm not going to give it as much credit as Ren gave it. But it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. So three, I feel like, is a good, nice spot. I guess. I wasn't that generous, but I very (laughs) seldom am. We were all within the same little area, though. It's literally two, three, four. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, And then six also. For for a TV for a seventies TV pilot, you have to admit you could I could watch a TV show like that knowing it was made in the seventies. As for at for twenty minutes at a time, absolutely. I couldn't. I was born in uh, nineteen ninety seven, and so I hit maturity during the golden age of television, Breaking Bad. Uh, the golden age of television. That's Big what Bang it's Theory referred is also a to. Show. Was also a that's show. That's what it's that referred to. Oh, I thought as. you were saying it's good. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it, Jacob. You cool. want to close us yeah, out? Yeah. Uh, so please, please, please. Uh, we have a Facebook page uh, that's uh, you can reach it if just by typing superhero fatigue into the Facebook search bar or going to facebook.com slash superhero fatigue. I'm also on Instagram at SHF podcast. I pronounce I pronounce that weird. SHF podcast. SHF. Same 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 tag on Twitter at SHF podcast. If you want to tweet at us, you can either tweet at us or you can use the hashtag SHF podcast because I go through those every night praying that somebody will tweet at us with that hashtag at some point. Please. In the in the coming couple of weeks, there are going to be some pretty big things going on. I recently got us a Patreon account, so if any of you guys want to to pledge money to you know, donate to us so we can keep this thing going. You know, we're, we're going to have some exclusive episodes, some little things here and there. I had an idea. Uh, we Maybe we could do some of those drinking games that we talk about and make those mini episodes that we post oh, yeah. for our Patreon snap. subscribers. We could do uh, um, like uncut that. episodes yeah. if they were interested. For sure. For sure. Or we yeah. could review individual episodes of, TV, yeah. of like cartoons and stuff. I, there's so much stuff we can do. Uh, and we'll definitely do everything that we can for you guys. We appreciate every subscriber we have, every supporter that we have. Um, we've grown a lot in the past couple of weeks and we've learned a ton about podcasting. So truly thank you because we couldn't have done it without everybody's feedback. Getting better every day. Yeah. I, well, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Especially 
in the first I, I was very lewd the very first time we did this. You certainly <laughs> were. I'm going to give Christian the floor in case he has anything that he wants to say about how lewd he was. I just want to point out. Oh, my God. Just say not sorry. What I wanted. Just, just say, say sorry. sorry. <laughs> just say sorry. I'm sorry. Boom. Jacob. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we really should have thought about this. <laughs> <laughs>